I don't get where I play as long as I go number one in the draft. Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. Quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 13 of season 2 of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. The director of scouting for TSN will be along very shortly. My name is Dean Millard and this is where the stars of tomorrow are discovered. Uh, We're going to have a goalie edition. I am so excited about that. Uh, Jesper Wallstead, Sebastian Kosa of the Oil Kings, Tristan Lennox and uh, a free agent from college, Dryden McKay, we will be chatting about today. We're also going to discuss uh, what's going on with CHL players in the NHL, uh, some expansion in the NHL and the UFHL that we can tell you about. And we'll chat about uh, a few NHL rookies making their mark. One very early, Trevor Zegras, that sh- uh, shootout goalie scored. Whew, that was a wicked, wicked shot. So all of that still to come with Craig, who joins us courtesy of the UFFS hotline. Yes, the ultimate franchise fantasy sports platform is the most realistic out there. You can become a scout or you can become a GM of a team. We do have an expansion franchise auction going on right now. We'll tell you all about that as we go. But scouting is so important. So you can become a scout. You can track the same players that Craig Button does. UFFsports.com or follow us on our league Twitter handle at UFHLeague. So there you go. That is how we do things here on Tracking the Draft. And without further ado, let's... Get into it, shall we? Here he is, the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. He's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. Okay, Craig, uh, an exciting day here on uh, Tracking the Draft. Uh, I'm very excited because it's kind of the uh, the goalie edition. Like This is like how you get excited when we do the Michigan edition. For me, this is my Michigan because we're talking about goalies and certainly some talented goalies uh, in this year's draft as well. 
Absolutely, there are. And we're going to talk about three of them, and, and plus a college free agent that, uh, in my view, is the best college free agent available. And that's not surprising. Uh, a little bit older goaltender, you know, has, has been able to hone his uh, techniques and, and his, his technique and his skills and, you know, perform exceptionally well. So we, we talk about all the time the importance of goaltending. So if you don't draft them, you're always going to be looking to find them either in a trade or whatnot. So uh, there's some good ones in this draft. Indeed. And let's start with a guy uh, who high-level scouting, which, of course, uh, you do such a great job with us. Uh, we grabbed him in the um, in the entry auction, and that's uh, Jesper Wallstad, a goaltender who plays for Lulia in the SHL. And, and we paid big bucks for him in that auction because I really believe in this guy. And for him to pay off in that scenario, he has to go as high as Askarov or higher. Is that a realistic possibility when you look back at last year's draft? And, and I think he went 11th. Yeah, yeah. Yaroslav Askarov went 11th. You know, the year before, Spencer Knight went 13th. And mm. I think Jesper Wallstad is uh, in, in the same category of uh, goaltender and goaltending potential. Uh, you know, he's, he, he, he's got all the requisite skills you know, the mobility, the lateral quickness, you know, moving in and around the net, uh, you know, the quickness in, 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 his, in his arms and his legs uh, to, to, to make the saves. He's got excellent sense with respect to reading the play and understanding where the challenges are going to come from. And, you know, you, you don't only have to be quick uh, in, in your movements, you got to be quick in your mind and, and Jesper has a quick mind and he's, he's very capable of processing very quickly where he has to get to, to close down the net and, and to ensure that the, that the player that's trying to shoot the puck and get it into the net ha, has less net to, to, to look at rather than more. And, and, and you do that by not only, reading the overall play you also do it by anticipating you also understand who's dangerous who's not dangerous so when we talk about goaltender iq you know Jesper Wallstadt's iq and as a goaltender is outstanding and you know one of the things that i've always really uh admired about him and, and, and at times you don't see this with younger goaltenders He's got a real calmness to his game. He's got a real, what, what I call a quiet. You know, there's not a lot of unnecessary movement. He, he, he moves kind of economically, but it doesn't mean he doesn't move quickly. And a lot of times he makes things look extremely, extremely easy because of the hockey sense and because of his economy of movement. And, you know, like, you know, we, we watched Henrik Lundqvist for a long time. And a lot of times, you, you know, you, you take a Swedish goaltender, in this case, Wallstad, and you compare him to another Swedish goaltender. But I really believe that the way that Henrik played the position, you know, he, he understood, okay, angles, and he understood where he had to be. And, and, he, and a lot of times you looked at... Uh, Henrik, he said, oh, he plays a little bit deeper, but he played a little bit deeper because he had so much confidence in his quickness and so much confidence in his in his ability to read the play. I don't think that Gasper plays as deep, but he plays with the same sense of calm and the same sense of assuredness in the net that I think is a, a prerequisite for success at the National League level. 
Well, it's amazing. Henrik Lundqvist uh, uh, just motivating a generation of, of Swedish goaltenders yeah. and, you know, pr- proving that uh, it's not it's not where you're drafted, it's it's where you go. But Wallstead is definitely going to be drafted high. What do you think about the fact that he's playing in the SHL? I, I think Askarov only played one game in the KHL last year, but and I'm not saying the SHL is on the same level as the KHL, but playing against men, what do you think that, how do you think that impacts maybe scouts and teams' view of him that he's already been playing with men? Well, I, here's what I would say. The, the Swedish Hockey League is an outstanding league. There's no question about it. And so the fact that Jesper is playing in the Swedish Hockey League at this age speaks volumes about his abilities. And when you can assess players that are playing at levels that are a little bit closer to the National Hockey League level, what it does is, is it gives you a lot more confidence in his ability to translate what he's doing now to the NHL. You know, a junior goaltender at 17 or 18 years of age, he hasn't had the opportunity to test himself against higher competition with respect to pro leagues. And, you know, that's ultimately what you're trying to do with respect to, you know, assessing players and projecting potential. So when a player uh, you, you know, shows and demonstrates that he's got a lot of ability to perform at, at levels that that more replicate the NHL. Oh, darn right, it gives you a lot more confidence. And I think that it's also important for Jesper to, to feel that confidence that he can make the step. So it's not just for the scouts and, and, and looking at him and evaluate him and ultimately selecting him. He's, he's going to be selected. It's also going to help Jesper tremendously as as he moves uh, to the next levels out of the Swedish Hockey League. All right, let's move on to a goaltender who's going to get underway uh, Friday night. Uh, we're recording it on this Thursday. The WHL season is getting underway on Friday, and Sebastian Kosa, again, will be a big part of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, he is uh, with Edmonton. He's from Fort McMurray, and this is a guy that seems to have what every scout seems to crave when it comes to a goalie, size. He's six foot six, and I know that we talk about all the time, you don't scout with a tape measure, but... Being six foot six for a goalie is an obvious plus for him, as long as he uses it to his advantage and isn't on his knees all the time. But having that size automatically makes scouts notice. Well, it absolutely does. Just like if you see a six foot six centerman or a six foot six defenseman, you know it's hard not to notice them. But you know, Sebastian Kosa reminds me a lot of Jacob Markstrom, and you know, obviously Jacob is a big goaltender. And, you know, it took Jacob some time to really find that level of, of technical expertise to perform at, at very well at the National League level. But there's no question that he's found that. I, I think Sebastian has a similar skill set. You, you know, as you point out, it's not just about being tall, because if it was just about being tall, I'd go get a seven foot guy hmm. as opposed to a six foot six guy. But Sebastian moves. He's, and, and, and as he physically develops, He's, he's going to develop more strength and power in his legs. And he, as you develop more of that, you're going to be able to use your size to even greater 
uh, advantage. And one of the things is, is when, when you watch Sebastian play, he doesn't break down his positioning when he moves. You know, part of that is coordination. He's a young player, and you have to expect that somebody 18 at that size is going to find the coordination a little better coordination at 20 and better at 22. And But also what I'm watching when I watch Sebastian is, you know, like as a goaltender, there's a, there's a certain amount of uh, a base of technical skill that you need to have so that you can develop that and as he develops the other parts of his game. I think he has that. I think he reads the game well. I think he competes well. I think his skill level is really good. And I think that as a goaltending development group and, and, and an NHL team's development group starts working with him, I, I think he's got terrific potential. And, you know, Jacob Markstrom over the last couple of seasons has been one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. So when I compare Sebastian Cosa, uh, Cosa to uh, Jacob Markstrom, I think he's got that kind of potential to be that kind of goalie. Yeah, and you were seeing uh, some of the the kind of the warts maybe that Markstrom covered up in in Vancouver. Now uh, with Sebastian of the Oil Kings, I've seen him as ranked as high as in the first round, early second round, mid second round. Um, do you think he's a guy who could slip into the first round, or do you see him more as that early in the the thirty three, thirty four, thirty five selection area? Yeah, and and it, it bears repeating, Dean. Is 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 that a lot of times? I, I look at 21 to 40 is all the same round. Right, right. <laughs> you know, you know, you talk to teams that draft a player 34th and they go, well, you know, we had him in our top 20 or, you know, and, 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 and that's a lot of the, a lot of times the case. So I, I don't really differentiate much between the 23rd pick and the 33rd pick. I know we always have to put an order in them. I, I, I look at him as a clear cut number one goaltender in the national hockey. So to me, if that's what you want, then go and draft him. And so where does he fall exactly in the draft? I, like, I don't think he falls into the same level as, as Spencer Knight or Yaroslav Askarov or Jesper Wallstadt. But I definitely believe that, that he's right there next. He, he might, well, the next guy that we're going to talk about is, is example. But as I talk about Jacob Markstrom, he was a second round draft pick. Mm -hmm. Took him some time. He got traded from Florida to Vancouver. Found his way. And and, and I think Sebastian is, is, is a little bit more advanced. And I think the uh, uh, the resources available to him are a little bit different than Jacob had at, when he was younger. So I think that Sebastian will find his way to the National Hockey League a little bit earlier. But if you're, uh, as my dear friend Tim Bernhardt, who I worked with for a long time and a former goaltender, always said, he goes, if you don't draft goaltenders, when you need them, how are you going to get them? And it's like any other position. What are you going to do, not draft defensemen? What, mm -hmm. At some point in time, you're going to need young defensemen. You're going to need young goaltenders. You're going to need young forwards. So if you don't draft them, how do you go and get them? Well, you can sign them as free agents. You can trade for them. But you're, you're also reducing another opportunity by not drafting them. So I, I when I see a goaltender that I think could be a number one goaltender, and I use a comparable like Jacob Markstrom, I'm not waiting to draft Sebastian Cosa. Yeah, Markstrom went two picks into the second round. And, and when he was playing at, around the World Juniors in Canada and Sweden, had those great legendary battles in that tournament, he was considered the best prospect uh, not playing in the NHL. And you're right, it just took him a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, question for you, do you think goalies 
I don't know if there's a position that is, um, you know, affected more by not being able to play right now when it comes to scouting. Do you think goalies would would be in that category? Because you know some of them just haven't played that much. Maybe if they're on the younger, on a on an older team and they're the backup. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. But you know, one of the things that you're that that, that you're able to do is work on other aspects of your game. You know, I always say this about goaltenders. You know, and, and it's true of goaltenders at the NHL level. It, 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 when you need to refine certain things and develop certain areas of your game in the case of a younger goaltender, it's really hard to do it in games. You need, what you need to do is, is refine that and work on it, uh, you know, in, in practice, uh, like, you know, out of the game situations. What you want to do is, is have the game situations as a test. But, you know... And, and those tests are important to see where you stand and, and where you're at in that in, in that development curve. But a, a lot of your work is done outside of the game in terms of developing your technique and you know refining your the different areas of your game that are necessary for success. So I th- I think for goaltenders it might be just a little bit different than it is for skaters. Yes, the games are really important, but I think real essential work is done in the practices and the games really serve as the test. It's like an exam in university, Dean. You know what? Like, you know, the exam is hard, but it's all the prep work, all the studying you do before the exam, which will determine how well you do on the exam. That's how I look at goaltending. Mm, very good analogy. All right, let's talk about Tristan Lennox for a second. Uh, now, he's with Saginaw last year at the OHL. He's on the Toronto Marlies roster of the AHL, and that's a little bit strange. I don't think I've seen this before, but he has a late birthday. He wasn't eligible for last year's draft, but he is eligible for, for to be on the AHL roster this year. I, I, I don't know if I've seen this before, but it's quite interesting, isn't it? Well, NHL teams are allowed to have... Uh, amateur players on tryouts. So, you know, you right, can bring yeah. them in and put them on, on, on tryouts. You know, we we see lots of, uh, uh, we see players that come in on tryouts. Now, the, the interesting thing is is that Tristan, it's usually with undrafted free mm. agents that you put in on tryouts. Uh, you know, I've never seen a case where a player that's in his draft year that's, uh, that's obviously undrafted is, is able to do this. But, you know, there's allowances that have had to be that have had to have been made uh, over the course of this year with the, with the pandemic. So again, goes back to practicing, right? It goes back to you know refining those skills and working on your technique. And I and I think for Tristan that you know that's a really good opportunity uh, for him to do exactly that. You know, Tristan reminds me a lot of Mackenzie Blackwood at the same stage, and and Mackenzie had a lot of really good uh i don't want to say underdeveloped and i don't want to say raw ability he he, he had you know skills and, and and ability that needed refinement and i think that that's the same thing with tristan i i, I think tristan's you know i think tristan has a lot of potential i don't think he's going to be drafted in the first round i could be wrong but i think he he liked mckenzie blackwood it, you know, as a, as a player that's going to be drafted in the top 50 picks, maybe top 40, and he's going to need some time. He's going to need some time to refine his game. But 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 I see a lot of lot of terrific elements in Tristan's game that, that that can allow him. And again, I'm going to be very clear here. 
that can allow him to be a number one goaltender in the National Hockey League. Well, and he's getting a good look at, uh, you know, at least being around uh, a pro environment. So it's, um, you know, it's it's like what we talked about with Wallstead. He, he's just going to be facing, you know, stiffer competition. Even if it's just in practice, it's going to benefit him. Well, practice is important. Like, you know, for Tristan, he's going to face players that can shoot the puck at a, at a different velocity with a, with more accuracy uh, than he's facing at the junior level. You know, I, I go back in time a little bit, uh uh, Dean, and they used to have, uh, 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 it ran for three years, it was called the All-State All-Canadians, and it was put on in conjunction with the NHLPA, and they, they invited 42 uh, of, of players across Canada in a certain age group, they were 15 at the time, and so these were the best players, and they came in, and the NHLPA did work with them, and Gary Roberts did work with them. At, at the end of it, they had skilled people working with them. And then TSM would broadcast a game, uh, you know, with the, with the two teams, uh, you know, at the, at the conclusion of the week. So being part of TSN, I was able to, you know, ha- you know have an inside look at, at what was going on with the drills and spend time with the players. We did work with them on media and, and talking to them. So it was really good. But this one year, Tyler Sagan, you know, they always had NHLers as that came in as guests and coached the team and went on the ice with them. And so these young goaltenders, 15-year-old kids, came into the were out there, and Tyler Sagan was there. So this one day, uh, the goaltenders, a couple of these goaltenders were saying, Tyler, shoot on us, shoot on us, shoot on us. <laughs> now these are these are kids that are at the top of their age group in terms of talent and they've been identified, right? So Tyler stands there. So the one kid's in the net, the other kid's off to the side. And I'm standing right in the corner here. I'm watching. And so kid goes, so Tyler's probably, I don't know, 25 feet away. And he's in the slot, right? He says, okay, you're ready? And he says, and the kid in the net goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tyler just, bang, it's in the top corner. The kid doesn't even move. And you can kind of just see him, right? Just whoa. So Tyler goes, okay, like, you know, watch my stick, watch my stick, you know, read the puck off the stick. He goes, are you ready? And the, and the kid goes, yeah, boom, top shelf, right again, right? And the kid is like, whoa. So anyway, third shot comes. Tyler goes, listen, watch my stick, watch how the puck's coming off, right? He goes, I'm going top glove again. So I'm going to tell you right now where I'm going so you can't tell me you're not ready. He hits that top corner again, right? So now the other kid comes sliding across into the net, and the other kid skates past him. He goes, "Oh my God!" He goes, "That is unbelievable." <laughs> so it just—it's it, a description of like what you find out: how much harder the players shoot, how much more accurate they shoot, how they disguise their shot. So as we talk about Tristan and we talk about Jesper Wallstad, you know, these are really good, beneficial. Uh, learning experiences for them to go through, just as mm-hmm. it was for those two 15-year-olds. And they can all talk about how Tyler Sagan was shooting on him. <laughs> what an experience of a lifetime. Well, one guy who's, yeah. he, he is facing older shooters because he's playing college hockey, and that's Dryden McKay. We're going to talk about uh, a free agent that'll be garnering a ton of attention. He's with Minnesota oh. State in the WCHA. And this is the opposite of uh, Sebastian Kosa we talked about. He's just 5'11", but He's a college free agent who's older, and he's leading the Mavericks. They're perfect in the WCHA play. Like, it's just unbelievable the season they're having. So, at seven inches shorter than Kosa, 
How does he get it done, maybe differently or similar, which proves that you don't have to be six foot six to play the position anymore? Well, so there's two things I would say here, right? So you 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 have your size and you have your your, your stature, and it is what it is. So how are you going to use that stature to the greatest effectiveness, right? I just talked to you about a six foot six goaltender. If you open up and you have holes, it doesn't matter how tall you are. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're not as tall, how are you going to use those abilities? I, I, I think I think Dryden is is a little bit taller than he's listed at uh, right now, but he, he he's got eight shutouts, eight <laughs> shutouts. Okay, you look back and you look back at last year, you look back at the previous year. At some point in time, you have to start to say this isn't accidental. There's enough ability here for Dryden. To, to take the next step because to this point in time, he, he's not just demonstrating that he's capable. He's pretty much demonstrating that he's unbeatable. So now you're talking about a college free agent, right? Which I always say zero downside to signing European and college free agents because number one, at this age, it's only a two or a one year contract. So now you get them into your system real quick. They're a little bit older. They're a little bit more ready to take advantage. And with what he's done at Minnesota State, like I, I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll make the bet. I'll make the bet. I'll put him in. I'll see what he can do in the American Hockey League. Because as I just pointed out, you go back, he played in the USHL. The Madison Capitals were not a very good team. And his numbers were good there. And now he goes to Minnesota State. Oh, wait a sec. He keeps doing this. Uh, you know, I'll tell you a story about Eddie Belfour. Eddie Belfour in his draft year was playing in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. And so the draft at that time, I think it was about 12 rounds long. And so, I mean, we had scouts everywhere along the line. And, you know, the subject of Ed Belfour came up and our, our regional scouts, you know, were asking about them, asking about Ed. Like, you know, nah, 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 he's not good enough, not going to be drafted. Nah, yeah. 12 rounds. We're talking 12 rounds here, okay? So, which is fine, and you trust your people. It's not about right or wrong, right? He goes to North Dakota. So this is this is right after the draft in June, the previous year, watching, trying to understand. And, and you have to trust your, your regional scouts. I mean, if you don't, you don't need them, but you trust them. And, and, and it's good. I mean, nobody drafted him, just for the record. So it wasn't like somebody drafted him and we were on it. It's just, hey, what do we do? Draft is in June. The next season starts at North Dakota. And I'm telling you, it's about the end of October. And we got regional scouts. Oh, you better sign this Eddie Belfort. He looks like the real deal. <laughs> We're laughing. <laughs> We're going like, you know, we could have dropped. But, you know, hindsight is always great, D. And, and, and you know, sometimes we, 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 we look back on it in, in the shoulda, coulda, woulda. But at the same time, the recognition came that he was good. And all the teams, no, no team drafted him. And we all know that Eddie Belfour is a Hall of Famer and, and, and one, of the, one of the top goaltenders of his era in the, in, in the NHL. So what I'm saying is, is Dryden McKay might only be six foot. He might be 5'11 and a half. He might be six foot and a half, right? All I know is, as a college free agent, based on what he has done, I don't see a better college free agent to sign right now than Dryden McKay. 
Well, it's amazing. Uh, he has eight shutouts this year. He had 10 last year. He has 22 shutouts. And his <laughs> his uh, sophomore, or no, uh, the, the junior season isn't even over yet. I mean, it's just incredible. And I guess I wonder when you're, when you're signing a guy, uh, you know, a lot of times we've seen these college free agents uh, go from college right to the NHL. Do you think he could use some time in the AHL? Do you think he could step in and, you know, possibly be a 1B with the team or, or maybe even a 1A? I'm not sure. What are your thoughts on that? No, I think he needs to go and play in in the American Hockey League. And, you know, again, we talk about testing yourself out against the next competition. And and the reason reason that I think it's important for him is is that as he's progressed, USHL, college, you know, so, so he's clearly demonstrated that he's capable. Why have him skip a step? Just have him go there. And, and, and let him get his feet wet there and continue to demonstrate that what you've seen and why you've signed him, he, he, that he's going to be able to take it back. I want to set up a goaltender for success. And when you, I want to set up everybody for success for that mm. matter, not just a goaltender. But, you know, why skip a step? Like he hasn't skipped a step along the way and he continues to have these successes. Why do you want to? Why do you want to now jump the queue, so to speak, and risk him having the best success he can be? I know there's no guarantees. I just know that watching him play, that I, I'm I, I'm making a bet on him. Okay, so speaking of the American Hockey League, uh, the CHL gets uh, started. Well, the 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 WHL in uh, the Alberta Division is going to start on Friday. I know you didn't like my special exemption idea from the CHL to the AHL, but what are your thoughts on CHLers right now in the AHL going back to their CHL clubs for this season? Yeah, you know, and uh, the reason I don't like the exemption idea, there's going to be 32 players that are going to be taken out of the CHL. Right. And, you know, and, 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 and I think that that ultimately hurts development and, 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 and puts a real sh- uh, stressor on development all the way through the system. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer for the most part that if you're not ready to play in the NHL, the American Hockey League can be incredibly, incredibly demanding in different ways. I'm not suggesting that certain players can't play at that level or haven't shown an aptitude, but all in all, on, on, on an overall uh, philosophy, uh, I, I don't think it's right. But that's mine, and I'm sure other people have good reasons why they would look at it differently. Uh, now, as it relates, you, you have these young players that have been playing in the American Hockey League. And, you know, Seth Jarvis, Jamie Drysdale, Peyton Krebs. I mean, I'm just naming a few of them that, that, that have played pretty well. And, you know, the American Hockey League is different this year. I know the American Hockey League is trending younger and everything that goes with it. But, you know, they've been entrenched in an environment now of, of practice and playing and, and adapting to it and adjusting to that level. And, and, and in the case of the three players I just mentioned, you know, doing very, very well. But, but we shouldn't be surprised. They're all first-round draft picks, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, why should we be surprised that any of those three players are doing well? I, in my own belief, in my own feelings, would just leave them there. I would just leave them there. You know, Jamie Drysdale doesn't have to make that decision now. Seth Jarvis doesn't have to quarantine, as far as I know, coming back to Portland. Peyton Krabs has to quarantine for 14 days. Mm -hmm. He's losing 14 days of work that he's put in over a period of time that has helped him have success. 
And now you're going to put them at a much low, not a much low, you're going to put them at a lower level where the, the, the whole environment is different. It's environment, the, the environment of the players he's playing with and against, for the most part, those players haven't played. What does that mean for Peyton Krebs? And what does that mean for his development? And and I know we talk about it, it, you know, we say it's a business and we know what the agreement is, but you're not selling tickets. You're not selling tickets. So, you know, I think it's really important for the teams in the CHL, the, the, the junior A leagues, to get up and playing for the vast majority of other players so that they can get themselves playing, competing, training, so that they're ready for next season. I, I really do believe that that's what it, the, what the focus has got to be, and that's why I would I I would just let be what's been done and make sure that I focus in on the ninety nine percent of my other players that are coming back to play. Well, Craig joins us courtesy of the UFFS Hotline. Scouting is a huge part of the platform and the lifeblood of franchises in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. Any free agent goes through a scout. So if you want to get in the game where you own the game and start putting your scouting talent to good use, become an independent scout or form a partnership with an existing franchise. Reach out for more information at UFH League on Twitter. And uh, that brings us to a pretty big uh, event going on right now, uh, not only in the NHL, but we already know who owns that franchise. We are auctioning off a 30-second franchise in the UFHL, just like the NHL. So you can go to at Expansion UFHL on Twitter. Last time I checked, Craig, $2,550 was the bid, and it closes on Monday, March 1st at 6 p.m. Eastern. And this is going to be, as you know, this is probably going to be the last bit of expansion for the NHL in a long time, which means it's the last bit of expansion for us. I'm curious to get your thoughts to see if you think Seattle is going to be able to make out as well as Vegas did, or do you think NHL teams maybe learned their lesson by giving up such good players? Well, when we look at expansion, you know, and and, and everybody's going to have an expectation that perhaps the Seattle Kraken should be as successful as the Vegas Golden Knights were coming into the league. But, but, But there's a number of very different scenarios and situations that Seattle's dealing with that Vegas didn't have to deal with. So what what's one of them? You just touched on it. You know, the NHL teams all have the benefit of having gone through that expansion, right? So, you know, hopefully they learn from the errors of their ways, <laughs> error or errors, depending on who, how many you made. But there was a number of teams that made, you know, some significant mistakes. And the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, jumped all over it and took full advantage, which is what you have to expect that the Seattle Kraken are going to try to do as well. Uh, number two, a number of those, a number of the situations that occurred uh, with Vegas were because teams had got themselves into cap problems, salary cap situations, right? Well, guess what, Dean? Some of the NHL teams are still in salary cap problems. <laughs> so, you know, so are the Seattle Kraken going to be able to take advantage of some scenarios? Yeah, absolutely they are. Three, we are dealing with a flat cap. You know, you know, because of the pandemic and, 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 and what's going forward here with respect to revenues and what's been agreed upon between the NHL and the NHLPA with respect to the salary cap, that's flat. So that's going to create some different opportunities for the Seattle Kraken. You know, one of the, one of the things they don't have an advantage of is they haven't been able to, to have the same volume of observations on players 
you know, since last March. Yeah, I'm talking about NHL players. I'm talking about American Hockey League players specifically. You know, who, who is the William Carlson out there? Hmm. Who, who, who is that guy? Who, who is that player that you really feel has, has potential and that you can pull out of there and, you know, try to uh, assess that and put them into your team? I, I think that that's something that makes it a little bit more difficult for the Seattle Kraken. They have, they have lots of observations. They have lots of very skilled and talented uh, scouts that, and, and, and lots of great leadership with, with Ron Francis. But you, you still have a gap there. And, and, and so that gap is going to, uh, you know, be different. Uh, that, that gap is going to present different challenges for, for the Seattle Kraken. And again, like, you know, how Vegas came into the league and what they were able to do and how they were able to take advantage. Seattle will be able to take advantage in, in, in some of those same uh, instances. And, you know, there's some that they won't. But I think we're Seattle and ultimately is positioning themselves as, hey, listen, we want to be competitive. We want to be good. I think that goes without saying. But it's also about building and building and building. And it's not about being a team that wins 14 games in expansion. It's going to be about being a competitive team and, and ensuring that they're building for the future. Because this is a long-term like objective. The short-term matters, and, and, and they're going to address it. But I think that you know, given everything uh, that occurred with the Vegas Golden Knights, similar opportunities are going to present themselves for Seattle. And they're going to be able to take advantage of, of, of a flat salary cap that Vegas didn't have an advantage of. You know, so there could be more teams, mm. more teams in, 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 the, uh, uh, in the salary cap problem than Vegas had, which would ostensibly lead to more opportunities. So, you know, who's to say that they can be as good? Maybe they have a chance to be better. Yeah. That's pretty hard to do. They'd have to win the cup in their first year, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that would be pretty impressive. But uh, yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to yeah. watch. It's also going to be fun to watch and see what the expansion franchise sells for in our league. Over $2,500. It tells you that this is high stakes, high rewards, uh, fantasy gameplay that we're all involved here. And, and that's great to see. We're going to have to go through the expansion draft as well and, you know, uh, worry about players getting taken away. But that's the beauty of our league is it mimics everything about the NHL. So you feel like you're really in it and and thanks to you we get a lot of uh, knowledge and help uh, when it comes to our scouting base anyway well i'm thrilled to be part of it but uh you know what you know what you know what trish all she has to do and we have to remind her of this yeah is that you only need to lose one player that's right Kenny that's Holland. Right. he kept he kept telling george mcphee and kelly mccrimmon as hard as they tried as as much as they phoned him and said we're gonna take this guy what will you do here kenny kept saying we're going to put our protected list in and you're going to be able to choose one player. And they would phone him again and he would say, we're going to put our protected list in and you'll be, the teams that got themselves into trouble were the ones that, uh, oh, we got to do this. We'll give you two players. And like I said, Vegas tried with Kenny and Kenny said, we're going to put our protected list in and you can take one player. That you only have to lose one beautiful. player. Yeah, that's right. It is, that's it right. isn't it? <laughs> All right, uh, quickly, let's wrap up. I'm going to give you a choice of who you want to talk about for NHL rookies that have been impressive. And and I know uh, some of them have only been in the league a very, very short time this year, but Bowen Byram, Trevor Zegras, or uh, Kirill Kaprasov, all three have been very, very exciting to watch this year. 
Well, I, well, I mean, Zegras is just early in his career, right? Mm. And I, like, I think he's a fantastic player. And, you know, you look at the Anaheim Ducks who are really struggling uh, to score. I think Trevor Zegras is, is a player that they need to get right in there and let him play. And, and, and he'll help them with their offensive woes. But, I mean, he's only played a couple of games. So it's, it's hard to put him in any uh, type of uh, uh, leaderboard for Rookie of the Year. Kaprizov, I don't think there's any surprise that he's come over here and been a uh, been a really good player. I mean, he's had massive success in the KHL and on the international stage, and he's carrying that over here to the National Hockey League. And you know, a, a real top end player. Uh, the other player I would say that that you didn't mention is Ty Smith with mm, the New Jersey mm. Devils, who 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 I think has had uh, a really really good. Uh, start to, to his NHL career. I, I like, you know, the poise, the intelligence, uh, the, the puck play that he, that he gives to a team has been significant for the New Jersey Devils. And so, I, like, I think that he has been, you know, amongst the best rookies in the league this year and, and certainly somebody that deserves every consideration at, 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 at the top end of, uh, of the rookie uh, rookie, I, I guess, best rookies in the league at this point in time. So, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of patience uh, as, as you start out. But, I mean, he, he is definitely one player that I don't think he's being overlooked, but I think he needs a little bit more uh, PR pumping. <laughs> Indeed, uh, it'll be it'll be an inter- it's an interesting year um, with playing everybody in their own divisions. I just can't wait to get to the playoffs when teams can face off against other uh, teams, and we'll see some of these young players hopefully making an impact. Thank you so much as always, Craig, and we'll chat next week as we continue to track the 2021 draft. Yeah, we will. Thanks, Dean. Have a great day. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got a winner. UFFS, you own the game. So much fun when I get to chat with uh, Craig Button uh, and his uh, passion and his knowledge. And uh, throughout the year, we do something called Craig's Council. We'll do a full show. We'll get scouting tips and uh, story time with Craig. And then we'll do that at the end of the year to wrap it up as well. So if you have a question, email it trackingthedraft at gmail.com and we will add it to the list of topics that have already received it. This is going to be really good for those on the scouting platform in the uh, UFFS, uh, whether you're uh, scouting uh, for the UFHL or uh, maybe you're doing some AHL scouting in the UFAHL, these uh, tips and stories and just different things, they'll, they'll benefit you. Or if you want to get into scouting, if you have a specific question, email us, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. And uh, we are really excited about the launch of the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. UFSN is on the air. Uh, we're going to have lots of different programming. We are looking for those. Uh, if you want to join us, uh, email us at ufsn 
at uffsports.com. Hit us up with an email, and if you have a fantasy show that you'd like to get on the network, we'd love to chat. So hit us up at uffsn at uffsports.com. All right, that is going to wrap things up for us on this program. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe, please like it, and hit that bell on YouTube, and you'll get a notice every time we put a show up. Uh, It's so much fun. If you'd like to advertise on this program and join us, it's trackingthedraft at gmail.com. And if you're looking for other podcasts, check out podcastalley.ca, where I have a number of different shows from the sports uh, to cannabis education. A big thanks to you, the listener and the viewer, for tuning in every week. And, of course, thanks to uh, Mr. Craig Button uh, for his passion, his knowledge, and his time. That is going to wrap things up for us on this episode. Uh, We're back again at our regularly scheduled uh, time of Wednesdays. Uh, Unfortunately, with the uh, Claude Julian situation, uh, Craig was just way too busy on Wednesday. So we'll hopefully get back to Wednesday next week. Big thanks to Craig Button. My name is Dean Millard. This has been Tracking the Draft, where the stars of tomorrow are discovered. See you next week.